Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Ripping the Rack. I'm Brian with Tim. Yo. What's up? Not much. Tim, how you doing this week? Great. Tim, what I wanted to do this week, I wanted to open our show with a with a new segment. Oh. Uh, poetry Corner. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, Tim, yeah. I, I heard that we have a, uh, a listener submitted poem. So it, it actually wasn't submitted as much as it was posted on the Candlepin Chat forum on Facebook. And, uh, well, it's out in public, so I told them that I was going to uh, read it on our podcast. Um, one of our uh, one of our esteemed Massachusetts bowlers, Josh Rio, um, was on his camel. Rio, your camel is ready. Yeah. Anyone who's at the Worlds that year will know that joke. By far, one of the funniest things that I've heard at the Worlds when you're trying to bowl is to hear... Rio, your camel is ready. <laughs> oh my god, it was great. It was great. But anyways, on to poetry corner. So so um Rio has been known to uh do some poetry. Um uh, he is he has posted it before. Um you know, but as we're going through our uh, you know phases here, phase one, phase two, phase three, and you know, wherever you're located depends on what phase it's in and all that fun stuff. Josh uh, put this out yesterday, and uh, I just thought it was really funny. Uh, thought it was really clever. Um, throw some bowlers in there. Um, those that are you are not bowlers probably won't understand the references, but you'll you'll appreciate the humor and everything else. So I'm going to jump right in uh, to uh, Josh Rio checking in. Just wanted to check in, see how everyone is doing. Just finished my walk and did a little cruising. Nearly three months into this, we are moving along. Proud of everyone. You're all very strong. We all have been through a lot. Everything has changed forever. Except for my love of burgers and cheddars. Cheddar. Ooh, sorry. Attempt to try new things. Trying not to get rattled. Per perhaps I'll win something new from one of Nuzzo's raffles. Oh, I hope I win. Maybe it's an extra paycheck. Just don't deliver it via UPS or FedEx. Phase one is here, almost approaching phase two. Everyone's favorite number and probably Nick's, oh, it's true. I don't know what I've seen more of, masks and long hair, or a post about Outrun the Bear. I have an idea, let's create a poll. Danny Finn can help us. It's only the 9,284,618,423 time that's drained my soul. I started to grow a beard thought I'd get lucky, but quickly realized I'd start to resemble Chucky. We're all trying new things. Some started to cook. Here's another idea. Joe Smith, logging on Facebook. We're all going on walks. What else can you do? But my sandals are worn out. Fuller, I need some new shoes. Some places are open, even dispensaries. Oh, what I would give to see a high Mark Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> That actually, um, I'm stopping the poem for a quick sec. I would almost pay money to see that. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. I love Mark, but that would be awesome. <laughs> so good. Um, better weather is here. Starting to have fires. That's the life I wish I was retired. To everyone who is essential, let me be clear. Thank you so much for everything. Nate, go buy them a beer. We are making progress. Eventually we'll, we'll get there. Can't wait to see Jimbo so I can stop and stare. About to get dinner. Gonna put on a few pounds. Thanks a lot, Corona, for the global shutdown. We got each other. 
we will rise above. Remember to never hate and always love. Groovy, Tim. That's groovy. Josh, thank you. That, that was, was That's great. It that, made me laugh the first awesome. time I read it on Facebook, and I'm glad Tim shared it on our show. That, that was... I I, I I just I I lost it on the Mark Gregory part because Marcus yeah he's such a good guy and uh, he's a great bowler. Um, he might still be up on the lane, um, finishing up box number two by now. Maybe uh, maybe maybe. Um, pin if pin falls, look <laughs> out. But uh, no, that was uh, that was a little bit of fun. I know. Uh, um, today we 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 got a we got a jam packed segment. Um, we're gonna taught massachusetts and new hampshire bowlers we tried to do them separate but it's it's just so hard it because is everybody bowls everywhere well you know let's let's face it you you can live in massachusetts but yet bowl in park place or exeter or lita mm-hmm. just like you can live in and and you know manchester and come down to uh you know well i was gonna say pilgrim but they're not there mm-hmm. um academy lanes or something like that um, Riverwalk. Riverwalk. so we, we kind of put them together. I know it's a little bit unfair for you guys, but... It's going to be a long segment. We're going to cover a lot of stuff. But you'll get over it. <laughs> um, so, Brian, what, what are we jumping into um, first? Let's here? actually answer some listener questions. Okay. I know we had a few of those, Tim, um, manning our Facebook page. As always, please send us questions. We'll address as many of them as we can on the air. and Email rippingtherackpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Or can you can um, go to our YouTube page, Ripping the Rack Podcast, and ask questions there too as well. Mm-hmm. So plenty of plenty of places to reach us. All right, now that's out of the way. What are um, our questions? So the first the, the first one was was um, I thought was going to be a really interesting question, and it is, uh, but it's a to me it's a pretty quick answer, and, and that is, um, can generations be compared? Uh, Meaning, can your bowlers from the 50s and 60s and 70s be compared to your bowlers in the 80s and 90s be compared to the bowlers now? I just don't think so. And I, I, and I think what it comes down to, for me at least, is I don't want to say a, not the ability, not how you bowl, but your availability, I guess it is, to bowl. It was cheaper back then. Mm-hmm. And I know inflation and that, and it, it's not comparable. It, it's more expensive now to bowl. You can't go throw ten strings to practice, and it will only cost you what eight bucks back yeah, in the day, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Now you can't do that, and I just think the guys today that are really good could they be that much better if they had the ability to bowl all the time? I know Brian Fuller says that he's missed pro series because he had to work. Yeah, I mean, I missed how many years? Um, three of leagues and then well yeah about three or four years of leagues where I could only bowl the worlds um, and you still averaged 130 in those worlds yeah but I was good well you're Tim <laughs> F and Matero that's a story we need to cover uh, about the Tim F and Matero in Moncton because uh, that was that was that, great that really was funny um, no but we're gonna do so, that yeah so it was um, I, my answer is is no um, you can't compare, and um, and that is not to say that the bowlers of today are not as good or could be as good as the bowlers of yesteryear. Um, but there, the answer I got, and and this the, the this person that sent this actually answered it for me. Um, they're a young bowler. Um, 
younger um, and a great bowler and a, and a really good dude. Um, they basically said, personally, I feel there's not enough to bowl to make a truly accurate comparison. And he is correct. For right now, there is just not enough to bowl for. You know, back then, you would have, like the main Pro Tour, when I first started, had 100 male bowlers. Just from Maine. Wow. Okay? 100. Now, well, now it's not even in existence. The last couple of years that it was in existence, they were down to like 15 bowlers. So, they're in the money... You know, you could win a tournament and win a thousand bucks for that weekend. Am I correct in stating that Tom Olsta had to claim his bowling winnings one year on his income tax because he made so much? That is something that I had heard. Um, I know one year in TV, you know, when Chandler, and we're not demanding his tax returns. Demand to see his tax returns. <laughs> um, he, the the story that I got true or not, I don't know, but just from TV alone. It was something like $30,000 wow. in one year. And now, I mean, you... you 10 grand is the world's. That's... 10 who, grand, and you're sharing it between... But, but who bowls that know, tournament for the money? No one. I don't. No one? Yeah. I mean, it's nice, but um, I, 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 I bowl it for the title. Mm -hmm. um, so that's great question. Um, again, not a knock on anyone that's bowling now, period. End of story. There are some great... Bowlers and great young bowlers. Um, the sport is in good hands with some of these young bowlers. Um, you know, it's just a different time in a, in a different atmosphere. Um, there were tournaments every weekend in the state of Maine when you, you were younger, right, Tim? There were. There were. There was, I, mean, I know there was marathons every month, which was basically just a giant measuring contest, if you will, between bowling alleys. They send their five best guys from their bowling alley. To bowl a marathon against everybody else's five best. Yep. And who was better that month? It was <laughs> the the quality of bowling, not quality, because the quality is great now and it was great back then. There were more great bowlers back then, I mm -hmm. guess would be the way I would put it. Um, I mean, you go even go back 15, 16 years ago in that Pioneer Men's League on Thursday nights in Augusta. Yep. If you didn't bowl 120, you weren't in the top 15 to 20 averages. No. There were 15 to 20 guys that averaged 120 or better in that league. Yeah. And that's just in Maine. I mean, that's just yeah. in one, you know, Augusta. Yep. That's not Bangor. That's not Portland, you know, Vacation Land, any of those bowling alleys. And they were all alike. They all had, you know, if you if you were not 125 plus, you weren't sniffing high average. Now, you know, and so again, some of that is, is the alleys. Um, some of that's, you know, different stuff. Um Last question I have for this week is is a really cool question is and this comes from someone that is not a bowler actually um, they wanted to know what traits qualities or skills have you learned from bowling that will you be able to apply to other sports and vice versa and uh, I actually had to stop and think about that because that is a fantastic question um, it really is so I didn't I, you know. I, I play. I didn't play basketball. I didn't play baseball. I played. Baseball. You didn't play basketball, Tim. No, I know that's it's, I hard know to it's, believe. I know man. it's a surprise. Um, I was good, but I would never ever remotely sniff the team. I mean, I went to a school with twelve hundred kids. I, I, I mean, I was five. I think I was five 
two my freshman year and five five my so senior spud year. Uh, I was yes, Spud Webb definitely. <laughs> um, so, what traits, qualities, or skills have I learned from bowling? So, one of the I'm going to actually do it from coaching. Um, I coached a lot of basketball, which is kind of funny, but I did coach a lot of basketball over Those the, that over the years. <laughs> yep. And one of the things that I've learned from bowling, being up, you know, being up on the lanes, you've got something going, you've got a good string going, you're in a great match, you have adrenaline just flowing through you. Um, you learn how to breathe, and as and as funny as that sounds, it's true. You learn how to pace yourself and breathe, and actually calm yourself. And I used to coach that when someone was shooting free throws. Calm yourself, breathe, relax. You know, use the energy that you get from from being in that emotional high. Use it to your advantage. You know, when you're when you're at the line. Um, and the other thing that I've used it for is learning how to be a teammate. Um, we've we've all bowled on teams. We've all been a part of teams, and we've had great teammates, and we've had poor teammates. I'll say it. We have had poor teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guy that gets up, you know, especially at the Worlds, throws their two ball, you know, throws their two boxes, you know, doesn't high-five you when they get off, doesn't sit there and cheer, ends up going out back, getting a drink, going out for a smoke, walking around. Uh, not oh, that going out for a smoke is, is a bad no, teammate. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> what I'm saying is just not being there for the team and then coming back going, oh, I'm up again, go bowl, and then repeat the cycle. Yeah. And, and never knowing where where the match stands, what needs to be done, who's bowling good, who do you need to talk to, and things like that. So It is not the five best bowlers that win that tournament every year. No. It's the best team. Yes. Yeah. So how do you answer that, Brian? You you um, played football. You you played some, you know, you played sports. Simply, it's you get out what you put in, and that is the case in bowling. We've all done it. We've all not practiced. Only bowled league. I could go bowl, but I won't. I got a tournament in a week. Uh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Then you go to the tournament. And you bowl mediocre, or you lay an egg. I don't know what's worse in that case. Knowing you could have bowled better if you just put the time in. Or just that's how bad you bowled. You feel that bad. Yeah. I don't know which is worse in that case, but that's what you get. You get out what you put in. And in football, that is the case. I was a, I played a year at the University of Maine. I played some semi-pro in the NEFL. Played, you know, obviously all four years of high school. I was a varsity starter. And you do. You get out what you put in. You dog it in practice. You're not going to want to do it in the game. Yeah. But that's what I get out of that. That's what I took away from bowling was when I was growing up, it was, you're going to be this average until you want to be better. And that's what my dad told me. And he's like, you can go play all the arcade games you want while I bowl league, or you can go bowl. You pick. Yeah. I chose bowling. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it's a great question. And, and honestly, we, I'm gonna, we're going to go back to this next week um, because I want to spend more time on this, mm-hmm. um, on this particular question. Um, we did have a couple other questions we are not going to address today. Um, one of those was, you know, who are some of the best teammates that you bowled with? Um, that almost deserves its own show. Yep. And who are who are the worst teammates that you bowled with? That we shouldn't touch with uh, a 10-foot pole. <laughs> I may, you know, I, 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 I may jump into that at some point um, just because I've bowled with a lot of people and I've, I've seen a lot of things. Um, uh, I know you did have one question. Um, something about uh, uh, shocking. Oh, what's the most shocking thing that you've seen in a bowling tournament? My wife actually asked me that. She thought it would be a good show, a good question for the show. And 
Uh, I have two. One of them involves the man sitting next to me <laughs> at Academy. Oh, so God. Tim is sitting on a double. He gets up, throws the ball by the head pin, by the two pin, plucks the four pin in the face. It didn't stand a chance. Oh, I had that thing crushed. Looks grumpy, picks his ball up, huffs and puffs, throws it by the head pin, <laughs> by the two pin, and into the four pin hole for another one. So he goes double, one, one, four box. No. And then throws a strike. Two box. Oh, two box. Pluck the quarter, pluck the quarter pin. Yeah. And then goes strike. And Craig Holbrook set his bowling ball down and looked like he was going to pee his pants. He was laughing so hard at Tim. <laughs> oh God, I love Craig, but that I, 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 I will never forget that because I ripped the double. Like they were, they were no doubt double strikes. And then all of a sudden. I brain fart, hang on to it just a fraction too long, and down it goes. And I see the one, and I'm like, oh, shit. And then the fill, I went, oh, shit. And everyone on my team is laughing. I turn around, you guys are laughing. And then, yes, we were. And then I leave it to the right, and I just plucked a quarter pin. For a two for a two box. So double strike, one, one, two, and then I'm so mad my next ball was a blistering strike. That to this day I just still shake my head. It just yeah. What was the other one? Uh the other one you were on the lane for. It was the semi it was the quarterfinals in Fredericton, the year we made the semis. And Peter Flynn threw a gutter ball on a spare. <laughs> And I don't know if anybody even said anything about it at that time. We just all looked at each other, and you stopped. You were on the lane. You just stopped. You didn't even look at anybody. You were just like, uh, okay. Well, I remember it because it was at the time. It wasn't. It, it was, was early close. in the match. It was early in the match. Um, I had thrown a nine-pin drop, and, of course, he, he was on a spare. And I... I, I I don't normally watch the other bowler. I only I only pay attention to are they ready to throw the ball or not. I, I don't typically pay attention to to what they're doing or I try not to. But I just happened to catch that and I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it it caught his leg. Something obviously happened, and because it looked good for about ten feet, and then it just dipped. Left. And then it just dipped left into the into the end of the channel and. I, I I I had to step back. I mean, I didn't take a huge step back, but I had to just re regroup myself because I was like, "What the hell did I just see?" Mm. You know, I I in in my list of all time great bowlers from Massachusetts, Peter Flynn is my third all time. Mm -hmm. And and this and it, you know, to his credit, he didn't let it bother him. He didn't. He nope. kind of. I I vaguely remember him kind of going. You know, muttering like, "What the hell? Like, mm. what, ju what just happened?" But he didn't. He didn't let it bother him, and he he came back and threw a nice ball. Didn't, didn't you know pick up the spare, but it was a nice ball. I bet that's yeah. Yep. That's that's good. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk Mass New Hampshire. Let's talk. Go ahead. What do you got? Um. So we'll just. Uh, I can start with. What do you want to start with? Current, all time. Let's go all time. All we'll start, time. Start all time. I'll just give you my list of five. Okay. Uh, Tom Olsta, 
Yep. Craig Holbrook, Gary Carrington, Tim Lipke, Dick O'Connell. That's a good five. That's my five. That's a good five. Um, I did break mine out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I broke mine out by Mass and New Hampshire. Um, you know, again, um, as I was doing this, it's funny, is, is I start a list and then I'm like, oh, crap, what about this guy? Oh, crap, what about this guy? Um, so my Massachusetts all-time, I have Tommy Olsa uh, as number one, Chris Sargent, number two, Peter Flynn, number three, Craig Holbrook, number four, and I have Paul Berger at number five. Um, I have Dick O'Connell, Jeff Atkins, uh, Jeff Surrett, uh, Sean Baker, uh, Jesus, I got a big list. Uh, <laughs> you know, Bobby Wickham, Billy Treefle, Al Johnson, um, uh, Dave Barber. I have um, Mike and Tom Morgan. Uh, Mike and Tom Morgan, Peter Perer, uh, Peter. Uh, Mike Poulin. Uh, yep. Well, I was talking math, yeah. but you're right. Yeah. Uh, Poulin was New Hampshire. Uh, Mark Ritchie, John Zappi, uh, Steve Reno. Um, Steve was and a hell Steve's of a dad. Um, that's who I'm talking. Oh, oh. Harry. Yeah. 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 I, I was I was thinking Stephen. Uh, but Steve, um, Steven's not bad. Oh my God. Steve, (laughs) Steve was a great bowler. Um, and then unfortunately he hurt his, I think it was his shoulder and wasn't the same after that, but man, he could bowl, um, Det Klein, um, amazing guy, great bowler. Um, Al Johnson, Billy Trefel, uh, Bob Kelly. Um, I didn't see Bob bowl much. He got, he got done. I want to say 94, 93, 94, somewhere in that range, uh, maybe a little later. Um, you know, one guy I did want to talk about for a quick sec, Billy Travers. Um, All-star Billy Travers? Bi- All-star Billy Travers. So Billy um, is cool. Billy is um, was an all-star pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. And uh, and he's got a world Kennepin bowling title. Uh Billy and I were sitting back. I think we were in Halifax one day, and uh, we were bowling against each other. And of course, Billy's like seven foot four. I don't know. He's a tall dude. I'm, I'm, Billy's got to be about six five, six six. Maybe a little taller. Maybe a little smaller. But you know, for me, that's he. He was he's big. Um, Left hander. Um, we we sat back and we were talking. And I asked him. I said, Billy, what's what's more nerve wracking to you? Um, standing on a pitcher's mound with 50,000 people or um, standing up on the lanes bowling. And he, he looked at me, he goes, you're not going to believe this, as he's got his all-star ring on. Um, he said, standing up on the lane, I am more nervous bowling than I ever was throwing a baseball. <laughs> that, that boggles my mind. And I looked at him and I said, what the hell are you talking about? And he goes, look, he goes, I throw a pitch. Worst thing that's going to happen is someone's going to hit a home run. It'll suck, but that's the worst thing. Or I get eight other guys behind me that if I throw a pitch, they're going to get the ball. Now, I'm bowling. I got no one to help me out here. <laughs> it is just me. And that was uh, that was kind of neat. It, it was just kind of a neat little uh, neat little story. Mm-hmm. Uh, from New Hampshire, um, I have uh, Tim Lipke, number one, Gary Carrington, number two, Chris Bovera, number three, uh, Steve Vadney, number four, Joe Ashline, number five. Um, John Winchell's right there. Mike Poulin's right there. Uh, Rich Clark. Um, and, and you know, there's there's obviously some others, too. Steve Plant. Oh, Steve Plant. Steve was a great guy. Great bowler. Was. Is a great guy. <laughs> um, was a great bowler. Um, so, 
you know, they, I would, I, you can mix and match. You can, you can really kind of, you know, do this around um, any way you want. Um, That's how I did my current guys because it, it's tight down there. Any yep. given day, I think. Yeah. Uh, my current just five guys that I think are right up there: uh, Chris Sargent, Jeff Surratt, Dave Godwin, Brian Fuller Jr., Chris Bovair. I don't think you can go wrong with those five. No, no, it's. Um... I don't like Surrett. I think I think he's a whiny ass. Um, Surrett. Big you know, Surrett, he sucks. <laughs> Just kidding, Jeff. Don't don't beat me up the next time you see me. Um, you know, Sean Baker. Um, Sean is Sean's a tough one for me because the dude is a hell of a bowler. Um, and if you don't know him, he doesn't talk. No, he's very quiet. Very quiet. If you don't know him, right. Um, you know, over the last couple of years, he and I have had some conversations. Um, you know, just he's opened up a little bit uh, to me. Um, nothing major, you know, not like world politics and stuff. <laughs> just, you know, just a little more, um, I'm not going to say friendly because he's always been friendly towards me. Um, but a hell of a bowler. Um, I, I love watching Baker bowl. Um, he's he's a... He's a machine. He is, he is fun. Um you know Godwin, uh, he sucks. He's terrible. Um, just another, you know, when when people talk about you know your your bowling d bags. Oh, yeah, I know he's right up Godwin's there. Godwin's one of them. Man, jeez. Um, I love Dave. Dave's um, awesome. <laughs> excuse me, Dave. Uh, I got a ton of respect for Dave, um, and he knows it. I've I've told him that more than once. Um, I love to watch him bowl. Um, one of the one of the coolest things I so I think we all know I hate to lose uh, I, I do um, I've learned over the years on how to be a gracious uh, winner and a gracious you have and a, yes and a gracious loser um, because I've lost more than I've won not when I beat him well that's because that happened once in your life I beat you back to back weeks you in the Thursday oh night league this year dude I bowled left handed no you didn't I had a broken back. I From had, what? You I, certainly wasn't carrying the team. I had hemorrhoids. I had something. There was <laughs> something wrong with me, obviously, if you beat me. Twice. Uh, in a row. God. <laughs> anyway, getting back to my Godwin story. I love Dave. So, last year in the in the mixed worlds, we tied. Um, my team, Evan Morrison, myself, uh, Jeff LaPierre, Amanda Carroll, Trisha... Cole Fry, um, Aaron Merrill. Hope I'm not missing anyone because I would feel awful if I missed someone. But anyway, we tied with with Godwin and, and Calvin and those guys, and we had a one string roll off for the for the title. And it was hot. It was like 892 degrees in there. Um, I might have been off by a few degrees. I don't think so, but I might be. Um, so Charlie loved it. <laughs> well, Charlie wasn't bowling, <laughs> uh, but it was hot and. Uh, you know, you bowl twenty four string, uh, twenty three strings over two days, three days, whatever it was. Um, you know, everyone's tired, but we had a great match and um, came down to the last two boxes. And Davy went spare strike, spare or something like that, and actually pulled the match out for them. And again, I hate to lose, but I was the first one up to congratulate him because I was so happy for him because he is such a he is a hell of a nice guy. And he would do anything for anyone. And he's a great bowler. Davey's awesome. And I was so proud of him for coming through like that because 
that strike was a blistered strike when he needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made a great comeback. And, you know, my, my, my hat's off to the dude because he never gave up. You easily could have, I think it was 17 pins with two boxes to go. And you easily at that, at that point could have just been, oh, what the hell? You know, we gave it a good run. And so, Dave, I, I told you then, and I'll tell you now, very proud of you for, for, for that comeback. That was amazing bowling, you know, for 10 grand and the title of, of you know, Mixed Worlds champion. So, um, but anyway, so, uh, you know, some of the other young, younger guys, you know, uh, Nick Zuffalato. Freshie. Freshie. Um, great teammate, great guy, you know, great guy. Uh, Nick Norcross. Uh, John Boudreau. Johnny. Johnny is the oldest looking 24-year-old, 25-year. I don't even know how old he is. Um <laughs> I, I one day someone, I, I don't know someone He's asked young. Me, someone asked me you know how old is he and I was like at the time I didn't really know the kid and I was like ah, I'm gonna guess you know mid thirties and they were like no he's like nineteen and I went oh my god he bowls like a thirty oh my god he's such a great bowler um, and a funny dude oh my god John Boudreaux's a funny guy Sachetti um, Sachetti's great Sachetti uh, Mark Ritchie um, who have I who have I missed oh Mike McGinty. Um, yeah, is he that good? Oh my god, I love McGinty. He 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 throws such a great ball. Um, Josh Daly, um, Daly is going to be, you know, if he if he sticks with it and and keeps stops his, falling down, stop falling down, <laughs> and you know, I'm going to say keeps his head head on his shoulders. He's got a good head on his shoulders right are, now. Are, are you kissing his butt because he's going to blister you in the first round of the Pro Series playoffs if they have it? Keep it up. He's on, he's on my list. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. What do you got? Um, broken Tim Matero. Broken Tim Matero. Um, no, Daly is, uh, is such a smooth ball, and he throws a hard ball for a, you know a, a smooth left-handed bowler. Um, young, I think he's only I think he's only like five years old or something. Oh no, he acts twelve. Five. I think. No, no. Oh, he acts twelve. Okay. Uh, no, I think he's what twenty. Hmm. Um, looking forward to bowling with him in the worlds. If we have it, um, it, you know, come November, um, you know, there's uh, there's more, and I know we've missed a lot, a lot. Jimbo, mm, can't sorry can't, Jimbo, sorry Jimbo, you um, don't get your own segment. John Winchell, that's because you wore yoga pants, even though it was a bet this year at the world. Oh my god, that horrible. Was... <laughs> uh, John Winchell, uh, I, I I bowled with John in the world for a couple of years. Um, Is there anyone that looks more intense bowling than John? Good question. <laughs> no. I don't think so. I think he stares most of the pins down. No, I think he, they're three quarters of the way I'm, down. I'm pretty sure he's scared. I'm pretty sure the pins are scared. I, I think so. Um, but one of the nicest dudes. He's a, he's a good dude. Um, I, I I feel, I still feel for him. Um, being in that position in the Worlds this year, and, and no, it's not too soon. That ball had no business so, being that break. For those of you that don't know, uh, he was the anchor bowler for their team, and uh, for Maria Subs, and it was quarterfinals, semifinals, playoffs, and uh, um, he blisters a double in the 10th box, and he needs seven to tie, eight to win. And he blisters the Brooklyn side of the head pin, and leaves a picket fence for a, for a six fill, and they lose by one. 
and he didn't des- he did not deserve that fill. No, he did not. That should have another strike. I don't know about another strike. Eight break, but it, at least it should have been better than a six fill. Um, you, you know me; I don't like eight breaks. They scare me. I, I understand that. I do. Um, no, th- this is not a joke. It's no. not because I can't hit them. It's because I chopped the front out of every eight break on Thursday nights, and Tim just gets sick of watching it. I, I pretty much just stop watching because it scares me when when I see him with an eight break. So, what about on the female side, Tim? Um, what do you got on your list? Um, well, again, um, we'll start with all time Joanne Rosano. Oh, Joanne's actually wow, still great. She's still a really good bowler, man. And in the how the, many how many pro tour Is a it lot like twenty six it's, it's it's in the twenties yeah um Joanne you know what's cool about Joanne is is everybody knows she is a slow bowler methodical very methodical, methodical. very methodical um Joanne understands that about herself and she will tell you if you're bowling next to her don't wait if you're ready go bowl your own pace because she doesn't care if you're there or nope. not <laughs> no and she's a, she's a sweet lady. She really is. Um, I've never had an issue with Joanne. I I just very sweet lady. Um, who else you got? Um, hmm. List. Uh, Delete. Sorry. <laughs> um, is it Stasha Stasha Zernicky? I so I never saw her bowl. I've just seen I've, the clips and the few YouTube stuff, and wow, incredible. I, I mean, I again never saw her bowl. But what I saw on YouTube or on these the TV shows she was on, mm-hmm. holy crap! Yeah, I see where the Zernikis get it. Mm-hmm. Great bowler, um, Lynn Thompson. Even though she doesn't bowl anymore, Lynn. So I did not have Lynn on my list, and one of the reasons why I did not, honestly, is because I forgot about Lynn. She's so quiet. Well, she's quiet, but she she stopped bowling. Because she got injured and, and she was hurt and stuff like that, but Lynn was a Lynn was a fantastic bowler. Um, Tony Marie Baldinelli. Mm. Um, Never, I didn't get a chance to see her so, bowl than YouTube stuff. And so I only saw her bowl a handful of times. Um, she is another one, and I I don't know if I ever had a conversation with Tony, um, but what a great bowler, an absolute phenomenal bowler. Um, I mean, just. she she was she was if she's not the top she's definitely one of the top two or three bowlers of Mm. all time period great bowler uh maddie kelly yeah more current yeah Yeah, more current um maddie's gonna be dangerous for a long time she'll be kicking evan's butt for a long time everybody kicks evan's butt (laughs) i mean is evan even that good anymore I don't know, I think he's past his prime. What do you mean that? What do you mean anymore? <laughs> um, <laughs> he's going to make me pay for that tomorrow. Oh, probably. Oh, by the way, we are taping this on Saturday night. And we're playing golf with him tomorrow. So, and Jim Killam. And Jim Killam. So it's me and Tim against Jim, Jim and Evan, Evan. And they are going to ha- give us, what did they say, five shots aside? Well, considering it's going to be them two against me. Easy, yeah. son. <laughs> Not just a pretty face. Thank God for that. Um, let's see who else we got. Some some uh, Mario Mario Mario's, I love Mario. She's such a sweet lady and a good bowler. She tore the Can Am up yeah, she this did. year yeah, in she June did. in Canada or no in uh, October. October. Yes. October. Um, uh, Jess Stockton, great bowler. 
Um, Tina Ward. Tina also Ward. Also really good. Yep. Um, Nikki McKeever is another good one. Yep. Sonia. Uh, Sonia Rossi. Mm-hmm. Good bowler. Lori. Uh, Lori Lewis. Um, you got, you know, you got uh, uh, Janet Pock. Um, you know, Nance Vestal were both great bowlers uh, back in the day. Um, um, no, and nice people. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know them that well. Um, Becca, her, Becca, her daughter. and Sarah, Sarah Duffy. Um, you know, there's been there. There are some really good bowlers down there. I'm not from as familiar with, you know, the the female bowlers down that way, just because I didn't bowl. I I don't bowl against them a lot, mm. so I didn't see a lot of them. You know, uh, growing up and whatnot. Um, so we we obviously missed people um and that is never our intention to leave someone out um in fact if you want to if we miss somebody drop us a comment let us know yeah we'll do a, a air our grievances or listener grievances next week listener grievances <laughs> i like it i like it um so what do we, what else do we get from ass hmm looking at the notes here um what was your favorite place to bowl South of the main border, South I guess. South of the main border. So, Will and... What's your favorite New Hampshire? Favorite Mass. Favorite New Hampshire, favorite Mass. Um, New Hampshire... You know what? I, I, I like... I call it the old park place. Um, was fundable because it was fast. And... It was... It was super fast. Super fast. And, which made it fun sometimes. Yes. Now, sometimes it was, eh, you know, a little crazy. Um, I like Lakeside. Um... I, I I always I always I've only bowled there a couple of times and I have never bowled at Lakeside. Um, I, I I like Lakeside and my Can-Am partner bowls out of there and she would be mad that I didn't mention her. <laughs> Iris, Iris. Yeah. sorry Iris. Nice job, Brian. Don't beat me up. You're, you're I'm going, in trouble. You're going straight to hell. It'll be um, warm. Most of my friends will be there. That's true. Um, you know, for New Hampshire. Uh, yeah, I'd say I, right I can now, really only say Park Place because that's about the only place I've bowled. I, I I'll say uh, I've never. Well, bowled. no, Lita. I I like Lita Lanes. It's a tough house, it, or I find it tough. I find it tough. Um, I but fun it's fun to bowl there. But though. it's fun to bowl. It's fun to bowl there. Um, Massachusetts. Um, I really I I enjoyed Pilgrim Lanes. I bowled there a couple of times. Um, it was it. Was, I didn't get the chance to. I I bowled Academy. I bowled there. Academy. You know what I like? I, I really like Riverwalk. I bowled there. I've never, yeah. I, I never bowled Riverwalk. I stopped um, in for that TV show once and five strings, and it was so much fun. Um, Woburn Bolodrome. I think it's Woburn Bolodrome, I think. Uh, Woburn. Nick Norcross. I know he bowls there. I really like that house. I've only bowled there that one time this past year. And I haven't I just, had a chance to bowl there. Oh, my God. I, I felt so comfortable up on the lanes. It was just. I don't know. I really liked it. Millis. Um, Millis is cool. Oh, um, did you? Um, yeah, you bowled that day. I think you bowled with Morrison when we bowled in Alley Cat. Oh, my Kingston. God. Oh, geez. What a drive, first off. Oh. <laughs> For those of you that don't know. It's five hours from us. Yeah. Rockland is tucked into the, the lower mid-coast, middle mid-coast. It, it's mid-coast. It is. It's, it's, it's an hour and a half north of Portland. And we're an hour and a half south of Bangor, and we're 45 minutes to an hour from Augusta. So we're in the triangle of no interstate triangle of death there's nothing here it's lots of trees and water and lobster so it's five hours for us to get there and then 
it was a tough place. Oh my god, the weirdest setup with little people, little beds. And no, 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 no. Wasn't that Alley Cat? No, no, no. Alley no. Cat has the split. Okay, yep, I know now. And what, then the other one you're talking about isn't there anymore. It was Fairway. Oh man, in okay. Franklin. Yes. And Sorry. we got you. We got you into the little. They had these Christmas miniatures. They were like mice and like little snow sets, and they had I, one with a bed, and we made Tim get in the bed with the little miniature mouse. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Those ball returns okay. are in Augusta. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Trivia. <laughs> Sorry, Alley Cat. I remember is the two two sides. Yes. Two sides in Kingston. In Kingston. Um, I, was, I think it's pretty close to Rhode Island. I, I'm Pick pretty sure. Try. I'm pretty sure we were almost in Puerto Rico. <laughs> pretty sure. Mm. Uh, what else you got? Um, let's talk about moving away from the the states let's talk about the matt cleveland stats oh from yeah. the old worlds yeah what do you want to talk about i've got uh, uh well we know we put him up there and, and i'm looking back at him in my first couple words i'm going who, who is this guy he was actually decent oh you must be looking at my scores shut up tim <laughs> 2005 is the one i is the one i have up here yeah let's talk 2005 maybe we'll visit some of so these I'm more gonna, frequently i'm gonna say we're gonna start at 2005 because that's my first worlds and Nothing matters before I started bowling the world, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal honesty, folks. Um, and and Brian, you probably should have quit after your first string. Oh, I definitely should have quit after my first string of the world. So I will go on record to say Brian's first string in the worlds as Ever. a nineteen-year-old, nineteen, nineteen, uh, was a one fifty. I think it was against Sean Bernard. So you should have quit right then. Oh, I definitely because no. you would have had a one fifty. No, average. because I had my. You know how. I'm a wrestling guy, so you have WrestleMania moments. I had my world's moment the next day. Oh, that is true. When that, I got to bowl yeah. the man, Charlie Mylan, well, and beat him. Actually, you did, but who did you bowl first? I bowled Tim first, but we who, don't... Who did you bowl? T Tim. Tim who? T Tim Tim effing Matero. And, and what happened in that string? I threw 102. You probably had 103, and you're, and you're happy. I don't know what I had, actually. It, and this is how good my memory is. It's the first match... Wednesday morning, the second string I bowled you. So and I'm not and, and I'm not looking at anything, folks. That's honestly I can remember that. So you had a 102. I did. And let me scroll down to. Oh, Brian. Oh boy, I beat you by 50. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you, you had a big match. I did. I bowled well that one. Yeah. Just that one string. So but 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 the next match I threw 130 against Charlie. Next string. Next string. Sorry. Yes, you yeah. did. Yeah. Yes, you did. I remember that. It's just Tim scared me. He's intimidating. Oh, so intimidating! All five foot five of me. Um, no, that was uh, that was um, that was back. I I I bowled a little bit back then. Um, Tony LeBlanc was a high. Uh, this was at Halifax Fairlanes. Halifax Fairlanes. Uh, Tony averaged one thirty seven for the week. Um, and if you if you go back to if I go back to Tony here. Uh, Tony went 406, 357. And then he went 407, 463, 424, 416, 415, 406, 416, 437. That's a lot of 400s in a row. That's a lot of 400s now, in a row. I have a question. Yes. Because maybe some of our younger listeners that have bowled the worlds will want to know. Yes. Why was Tony LeBlanc bowling that much? Um, <laughs> Tony, you know, Tony took one string off the entire the entire week speaking of that this year's worlds there was one guy in this year's worlds that bowled all 33 strings and it was jason kaler yes on my team yep 
Yeah, um, it, it was not uncommon for Tony to bowl every string. Was it just because then. he knew if he sat, he'd just get super stiff and couldn't get back out of it? Or, I mean, I I, I don't know. Um, but that was uh, maybe he was on performance enhancers. Uh, definitely on steroids. Probably. Probably. He was a bulky dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Tony. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, some of the other. Um, Top the top three. I think I'm I want to. I want to say. Hold on. It was uh, um, without looking at that. I know um, uh, Chris McGrady uh, beat me by point oh five because he tells me that all the time. He finished fifth in average for the week. I finished sixth. Um, well, that's because McGrady's better than you. <laughs> off clearly, uh, Sean and Nate Nate Neely were uh, one thirty five. For the week, and I, I was, think and I was one thirty. We were all, all three of us were. On and Nate team. was also undefeated in shuffleboard in yes. the bar. <laughs> yep. And then oh, Robbie Henderson was uh, one thirty six, one thirty five, <sighs> somewhere in there. So it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, um, yeah, yep. yeah, they were good. Oh five. I mean, that was my first Worlds. What an experience! Was, um, I, I, I think I, I threw at the time. No, at the time I threw my second high five in the knockout, which was six twenty-two. Yep. And didn't sniff. It was I think the cut was six fifty. So my first world to ninety-two in Bangor, I went six sixty-seven and qualified thirty-first. The cutoff was six sixty-six. Wow. That's insane. Six sixty-seven. And I just sat back and went, what the hell am I doing here? That, that was like, at the time, that was one of my high fives. I, I just went, what what in God's name just happened? But you um, had a good run to the semis. Yep, I had a good run to the semis. And then uh, Jeff Atkins um, proceeded to say, uh, young man, you can exit stage left. Yes, because I'm not going to miss anything. Um, what else we got? Uh, other than that, for bowling, um, I will tell the people, uh, as we're recording this, we are watching uh, YouTube on the TV in front of us in my man cave, and we have the 93 Worlds on. Or this might be, this looks like a different alley now. Uh, the video this, is not, this is not the 93 that's gone no. to, this is a TV show. Oh, yeah, this is... Fran, Fran Onorado versus uh, Steve Adney. Yep, it must have switched on us yeah, while we were recording. recording. But we watch bowling while we do this. Yes. Yeah. Get us in the mood. In the mood. So, so speaking of, speaking of the mood, I got a funny story. I want to share my funny story. Oh, um, oh, is at, oh, okay. Is this where we're ra- you know we're wrapping up New Hampshire and and Massachusetts? And Tim, do you have any any funny stories about Massachusetts or the Big Dig or the Tobin Bridge so, or having to poop? <laughs> so this is this is going to appeal to those that have a juvenile sense of humor, like me and Brian. So, I'm playing. I, I'm playing at a charity golf tournament down in Rentham, Mass. Mother's okay. Day, right? Mother's Day weekend. Well, it's the Monday after Mother's Day. Uh, several years ago, I believe we were playing at the time. It was held at Foxborough Country Club. Um, we play. We get done. I eat, and I'm like, I gotta fly. I gotta get out. Now, of is here. it buffet food at the golf course? It's uh, you know, uh, burgers, chicken. Standard yeah. standard golf fair, yeah, buffet type. Your fare. barbecue, barbecue after you're out, after yeah. around. Um, and I'm like, okay, you know, I, I bowled with my friend Brian and his uh, his, his brother golf. Jim. 
Uh, oh, golf. Jeez. And not yeah. me. I'm not. I'm his friend Brian, but not not no, this my, Brian. My 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 other friend Brian, because I'm allowed two friends named Brian. Um, well, Purdy's going to be mad now. Oh, I'm allowed three friends named Brian. <laughs> four, uh, four, and four. <laughs> I'm I'm allowed I'm allowed friends. All right, get to the story. Brian. So, so I'm like, okay, I've got a choice to drive home. I can go 495, which is longer, or I can go 95 to 93, go through Boston, and then just come out. And what time of day was this, Tim? This would have been Monday afternoon, right around two o'clock. Oh, that's two, a good time two, to go two o'clock. Well, normally, um, you know, there's always a little bit of backup. <laughs> No pun intended. Uh, you know, when you go through Boston and the Big Dig and all this good stuff. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going 95 to 93 because that actually you normally is the fastest way to get home for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm in the car and I'm coming up 95. I'm coming up to uh, the exit for 93. I get on 93 and I'm like, oh, crap. Traffic's already slowing down. Eh, whatever. So we're going through, and I'm like, ooh, I got a little bit of rumbling going on in the stomach, okay? And I'm like, I'm all right. It's okay. I'm just, I'll get through Boston. I'll get up, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get up on Tobin Bridge and get off and go out Route 1, and there's McDonald's and all that good stuff. I'm okay. It's all, it's all good, folks. So going a little further, and all of a sudden, traffic comes to a dead stop. Dead stop. <laughs> Which is normal for Massachusetts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... This may not be the best timing, but I'm going to power through this. <laughs> We're okay, folks. And um, the rumbling starts a little more, and I'm like, I'm going to clench these butt cheeks a little bit here. Let's just clench this up a little. Okay? We're good. I'm all good. Traffic's starting to flow again. Thank God traffic's flowing and nothing else. And now we get to the part of the big dig underneath Boston where there are no exits. None. Traffic stops. Stops. Dead. Stop. I now have sweat forming on my head. On his brow. On on my brow. I now have rumblings, which are no longer rumblings. They are angry. Very angry. I am now clenching and sitting up in the seat and undoing my pants. To give myself a little bit more room. Okay. And I'm just sitting there going, oh my God, please, for the love of all things, holy traffic, just get moving. Sorry for the F-bomb, but oh my God, this has got to go with this. It's now starting to hurt. Okay. Um, I'd appreciate if you don't start crying yet. Because it gets gets funnier. So, traffic starts. Oh my God, thank God. I get... Up on the other side where TD Bank is, uh, TD Garden, we're going over the bridge. I go to turn the exit to... to uh, um, Route 1. Route 1, thank you. Uh, Tobin Bridge. And I come flying around the corner. Dead stopped traffic. Now, traffic very rarely was ever stopped on the Tobin Bridge. I mean, it was occasionally, but but not often. Dead stopped. I, I contemplating contemplated pulling over in the breakdown lane and going to the bathroom and leaving my pants there. I had to change the clothes. Oh, my God. Okay. Can you just imagine little Timmy pooping on the Tobin Bridge? I contemplating 
until traffic started back up again. Now, can you see the McDonald's at this point? No, oh. no, 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 not yet. So, I am now that guy that is weaving in and out of traffic, going as fast as I can in this traffic, almost crying because it hurt so bad. So, finally, traffic starts moving. I get up around and get off the Tobin Bridge, and you get to those S turns. And I'm like, thank God. The exit's right there. It's Revere, the McDonald. There is a McDonald's in Revere right off the exit. <laughs> it's less than a mile off the exit. I know this because I've used it several times. I come off the exit. There is a car stopped <laughs> at the end. This is a yield, mind you, not a stop. It is stopped. I did not stop. <laughs> you went around them. I went around the car. Horns are blaring. Cut off cars coming around the uh, roundabout. Roundabout, if you're in Canada. I am now basically standing in the car. Hurt. It's hurting. Well, I, I see the McDonald's now, and I'm coming up, and it's and it's a red light. And I'm like, oh, my God, sweet Jesus. Goes green, I turn in, I get into the McDonald's, I get out. I start fast walking with clenched butt cheeks. There is two old ladies with a walker <laughs> in front of me going slow <laughs> I literally cut them off I was that guy so needless to say I made it made it into the bathroom long story short success was had in the McDonald's bathroom I relieved I come out 32 pounds lighter and much happier but that is my uh, big dig story <laughs> of poop nice so most of you probably did not find that funny. I, however, still laugh about my it. My face this hurts. And this will tell you the type of friends we are. I believe I was the first person you called after that story happened. I think you were. I, <laughs> I had to share that with someone because... Because um, yeah, you called me almost in tears. And I'm like, what's wrong? And oh, you're like, nothing. <laughs> God, it was, it, was, it was amazing. So getting into the next part of our podcast, Pass Bowling, our everything else to wrap up the show. And we'll keep it short this week. We went long because we had a lot of bowling. And poop. Tim messages me the other day and goes, what do you want to talk about this week? I go, I don't know. He goes, power ballads. Power. So, Tim. Yeah. I got five power ballads for you. Let's see it. What do you got? Faithfully by Journey. Highway road. <laughs> you okay. didn't know this is going to be karaoke too, did you? Karen. Lady by Styx. Ooh. Possibly one of the best drum parts. Ooh. Okay. I'm with you. I Remember You by Skid Row. Oh, okay. I feel you. I'll Be There For You by Bon Jovi. I'll be there for you. And Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue. Oh my God, I love that song. Is that not the quintessential last oh. slow dance at every high school dance in the I'm 80s? I'm on my way. Just set me free. I apologize, folks. Home sweet And we certainly don't home. own the rights to any of this music. You can feel Sorry. free to buy Tim's rights if you want. So, I have some power ballads as well. Okay. Every Rose Has Its Thorn by Poison. I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner. Two Out of Three Ain't Bad by Meatloaf. Never Say Goodbye, Bon Jovi. Ooh, great song. Never say goodbye. I was talking about this with um, Kelly, and she said Always by Bon Jovi. 
That Ooh. dude's a power ballad yes. machine. Yep. Uh, Lady by Sticks. Oh. Broken Wings. Mr. Mr. Ooh. Very good. Ooh, Hungry Eyes, Eric Carmen. Would you count that? It's not really a power it's ballad. It's not really a power ballad. I mean, if you can consider piano a power ballad. Yeah. Is um, Bohemian Rhapsody a power ballad? No. Bohemian Rhapsody is a great rock or is it song. an opera? It's a rock opera. Uh, uh, Sister Christian, Night Ranger. Ooh. Yeah. November Rain, Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Have you seen the music video for November Rain? Yeah, it's really cool. It's 22 minutes of excellence. Yeah. Uh, open Arms by Journey. I'm a Faithfully guy. I, open Arms to me is not one of my favorite Journey songs. I, I didn't say favorite. It is a hell of a power ballad. And then my my number one power ballad I have is Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue. Yeah. It, honorable just, mention, Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So this got me thinking. Power ballads. We're big, strong guys. Well. Well, I'm a big, are. strong guy. I'm a big guy. I'm a guy. Okay. <laughs> um, guilty pleasures. We all have our music oh. guilty pleasures. Uh, speaking of music, yep. a, a little bit real quick. Angie hates everything Tim listens to. <laughs> hates it with a passion. Uh, yeah, she does. <laughs> That's why we get along so well, because um, she hates all my music and I have to listen to hers. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's mm -hmm. great. It works great. So guilty pleasure songs. My number one might surprise you. My number one guilty it, every time it this song is epic comes from an epic movie and makes every single sports video you watch with it better and it's my heart will go on by Celine Dion and Cheech just started crying I you can ask my wife you can ask her this is dead serious when we go to Vegas the one thing I've said is I wanted to go see Celine in Vegas because it would have been amazing. I, I, I like she's Celine. great. She is. She's a great singer. Um, and, and and I grew up. I was in chorus. I was an all state singer. I I did theater, music theater. Like we didn't have those stereotypes. Geek. I'm sorry. Sorry if you come from a school that did. Our football players were half of our musical dance crew because we had footwork. So I came from a school that had a chorus of 125 members. That's 10 short of my graduating class. Yeah. That that was just our chorus. Yeah. Ours was 65. Yeah. Um, and I, I sang in chorus and then my senior year I was in a group called Viking Voices, um, which is, um, they have those Vicats and Viking Voices. Um, we were the Vikings and, uh, you know, it was a group of, I think it was 12, 12 girls, 12 men. And, um, uh, so yeah, so <laughs> it's just that, that, that to me, she is an, am an amazing performer. So the only thing there, there is very little that I will listen to that I won't listen to um i'm not a fan of opera i just i never got into it but Shelley, though I, no i honestly i just i can appreciate Did you watch any of that concert yes. he did on easter yes i can appreciate the art i can appreciate the talent just don't want to listen to it for I'm hours i'm just not is it because it's in italian and you don't most of it's in italian <sighs> maybe mm. i don't know so also guilty pleasure anything gaga or kesha I will. Oh, the so glitter queen. I was Kesha. I was. I was not a Lady oh. Gaga fan. I was. I. I just. I don't know. It just something about her um, annoyed me when she first came out. I don't know what it was. Um, there are those that are probably gonna uh, uh, shoot me and, and vilify me and all that. Well, I her do, first two albums are completely different than no, her later yep. stuff. Um, I, I. She is an amazing talent. Um, I've. I've changed my tune with her. 
Uh, get the pun there too. Mm-hmm. Get it? Uh-huh, you uh, funny guy. Um, I I I do like some of her stuff. Um, you know, my guilty. I don't I don't really have a lot of guilty pleasures just because I listen and I enjoy just about everything. Um, you know, I, I am a Neil Diamond fan. Uh, if you want to throw. <sighs> Uh, America. Hey, if you, you, want you want to throw... hear a band I've seen in concert at the State Theater with my wife because it's one of her favorite all-time bands? Hanson. I saw Hanson in concert. Dude, that's a banger. Every time it's on, do you turn it off when it's on? Yes. Do you sing along first, though? Of course I do. I sing along to everything. Um, I don't, I, again, I don't really have any guilty pleasures. It's, it's just because I do like It so doesn't many. mean, it doesn't make it bad. It's just... I didn't say it was bad. I just, you know, you ca- you caught me off guard with this one because uh, we didn't we didn't I didn't have time to prepare. Um, I I have as I've gotten older, um, I have moved more towards uh, some country. Um, I am a huge Chris Stapleton fan. Um, the dude could sing the phone book, and I would <laughs> I would. I would listen. You're as smooth as titties and whiskey, oh or whatever, God. or it, whatever Tennessee, he thinks. It's titties and whiskey. It's Tennessee whiskey. The state, Tennessee. Ten- I like titties, titties and whiskey better. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. I like uh, '90s dance music, dude. I wish I could have been. Um, like, I'm sorry, you're old, but you're seasoned. But the '90s dance music, like you were able to go to the bars when like CNC Music Factory and La Bouche. So I will say this: my, <laughs> I will have you mention it. Guilty music pleasure. My wife love her dearly. You has, should. She's a saint. Has now brought me to see Vanilla Ice. How many times? Three times in concert. The island in the, the last 90s two tour. in the last three years. Not only that, but we saw him in Vegas with Tone Loke. Wild thing. Wild thing. He's in Surf Ninjas. Did you know that? I didn't. I didn't. Um, so the Obscure first, 90s the, movie. Uh, Salt and Pepper. Um, Coolio. Coolio, you saw Coolio. Coolio was awesome. Did you see Digital Underground? No. No. Humpty um, Dance. No. Um, so it's been, it's been pretty much the same uh, both times. Yeah, uh, re- real quick, I just wanted to wrap up a couple things. Um, docu-series are huge right now. Yep. Um, as you know, I'm a wrestling guy. Dark Side of the Ring. If you're into, you don't even need to be a wrestling fan. If you're into, like, crime dramas or just those kind of shows, these are excellent. They did a two-parter on Chris Benoit, which that could, I could give you my thoughts on him for days. He's one of the most talented workers ever, and what he did to his family is unmentionable. Um, but... Those are really good. They're just in-depth, and they show you a side of the business that you don't think about. It's not cartoons and candy and John Cena. It's bad stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, just TV shows. I'm watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Wow. Andy Samberg is awesome. Oh. He's so funny. Um, so one of the things of, of being home so much over the past two or three months is uh, I've started to go back in time. Um, I am now watching... All of the NYPD Blue shows. I need to watch Oh, my that. God. They, I forgot how good they are. Um, and I will say this. I'm going to say this. and I Best know my, name, Detective Zipowitz. 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 Um, I'm going to say this because I know my wife is not going to listen to this. Um, and she should because I'm going to give her credit. She has got me watching Jersey Shore. Not just the new Jersey Shore. I mean 
Jersey Shore, the original. And I hated it before. Like I, oh, I, I know you did. I, I, I would, you know, Jay Wow married a guy from Maine. Well, Jay Wow's Jay Wow. She, she's angry a lot of the time. Um, yeah. So no, I, I, I've been watching that. I, Brooklyn Nine Nine is what fantastic. You, it, we talked about it on our last show, real quick. Yeah, is we're going to wrap up. What did you think of Tiger and Phil? I, I really enjoyed it. Um. I, I could listen Tom to Tom Brady. I found something I'm almost as good at as Tom Brady. So here's <laughs> here's what I want to tell people. Um Tom Brady is a legit eight or nine handicap. You can say he's not, and I'm gonna say you're full of crap. I have played to an eight handicap. I have played to a four handicap. Three and a half, actually about twenty five years ago it was a three and a half handicap in golf. I know how to play golf. I can tell you right now. There is a marked difference between a six, seven, eight, nine handicap and a pro golfer. The TV cameras are on. And I know if I played at that level, if I had the TV cameras on me and I had millions of people watching, you don't think that I wouldn't put a few into the woods or the water? I'll tell you what the one stat that always jumps out to me is. Putting, mm-hmm. and this is the stat. How many putts did Tiger Woods Tiger Woods miss from inside ten feet from two thousand to two thousand and or when he when he had the incident, we'll call it that. How many did he miss? He missed he didn't miss any for three hundred and something putts. Now you take as many golf balls as you want and line them up straight in on a flat surface. You're not gonna make that many ten footers in a row. No. And there is the difference between a pro and Peyton and Tiger. Uh, Peyton and, and Tom. Now, Brady, after he sunk the shot on the seventh hole. That was after, a loose. After he drained it, that loosened him up, and he played much better. They all played that par three incredibly. Oh, my God. Tiger was, hit the worst shot out of all of them. That was amazing, that par three. Yeah. Um, it is too bad it rained. It really is too bad it rained. Um, I would love to see more of that. I'd love to see Tiger talk more. So so I like the Charles Barkley thing he talked about. If we're not going to have fans out there, mic up the golfers. Yes. Absolutely. I'm for it. I'm um, also for him doing golf commentary because <laughs> it wasn't terrible. It was not terrible. You know what was awesome was actually Justin Thomas. Oh, he was so good. He was so good out on the court. He has Did he you, has a future when he's done golfing. He oh, yeah. has a future. He's going to be, yeah. be phenomenal behind here's, the mic. Here's another cool thing. Did you hear the Peyton Manning thing about why he wouldn't yes. wear red? Yeah, he wouldn't wear red and black with Tiger because they're Georgia colors, yeah. and he was not going to be a bull. And I loved it. I loved every. I loved every second of that. Yep. That I. I was really entertained. Um, I know Tiger didn't talk as much, and I would like to have, because, you know, Tiger is just he's very, um, guarded with what he will say. Um, Phil doesn't care. <laughs> Phil's and, that drunk dad at the cookout that is just. And to hear Say him, whatever he wants. Now, to hear him talk about golf and the shots that he was going to do and the shots he was going to make, um, um, it was was really cool. Um, just, I don't know. I, I want to see more of it. I want to mm. see, um, I, I, I do. I, I'd love to see, uh, I think it was Sergio and uh, Drew Brees said they would take the winners on. Here, here's something that I caught, though, and to just wrap it up, if we if we can. I watched a match the week before with Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson, mm-hmm. those guys. They carried their own bags. Yep. What's wrong, Tiger and Phil? 
Yeah, and uh, <laughs> did you notice the bags they carried? Though? Oh, yeah, they weren't the staff bags, were they? <laughs> even even the other guys, though, that walked, they so, weren't the staff bags. The, the cool thing, now, I, I've been on Snapchat for a long a long time. I mean, it hasn't been around a long time, but I've been on it for three, four years, whatever it is. Um, oh, longer than that. You were on it, we started at Red Zone. I guess it's been a while. Um, I used to follow, and I still do, but I, they don't do it as much, was Ricky Fowler, uh uh, uh, Justin Thomas and Smith. Smi- Smiley Kaufman. Smith. Smith. Very. Does Smiley Kaufman play golf anymore? He got injured. He was injured for a while. Huh. Um, but to follow them on Snapchat was was awesome. Their bro spring break after the Masters was epic. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good times. Um, I think we gotta wrap this up. We're going a little long. Well, um, we like to talk. Yeah, Tim. My- uh, what are we thinking about next week? Do we tackle Nova Scotia? Sure. We're going to tackle Nova Scotia next week, so send us your picks. Nate LeBlanc, you're not getting top. You beat Tim in the poll on Facebook. He we hasn't can't... beat me yet. It's not over yet. Tim, you're getting buried. You was... are the duck. He is the cat. I was only down by eight. Eight votes. Log on. Vote for me nine times. Come on. You know when people hear this, you're going to have already lost. I know. <laughs> but anyways, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Um, and in this climate, just everyone be kind to each other. Just be kind. Be nice. Thanks I, for listening. Yes. I, I. We won't go there. Right. Thank you. Thank you.